It's time for Canada's Court with your host, a man who once airballed in front of NBA power forward Andrew Nicholson, the one, the only, Philip Drost. Okay, so while that's factually true, I don't think it's necessary to say it out loud for people to hear. I mean, it wasn't my fault. I was wearing a dress shirt. You can't shoot hoops in a dress shirt. There's a reason you wear jerseys and not dress shirts at the game. So, in my defense, it's just, it's not easy. Michael Jordan would miss a jump shot in a dress shirt. That, that's all I'm going to say. Michael Jordan would have done the same thing, maybe. <sighs> Anyways, moving on. It's time for episode three of Canada's Court. And we're going to get an athlete's view of the 2016 Olympics. The Canadian women's basketball team didn't have the Olympics they had hoped for. They did make Canadian history by winning their first three games, but they lost in the quarterfinal game against France. Lizanne Murphy is a veteran on the team. This is her second Olympic Games, and she was kind enough to accept my phone call, even though she just got back from Rio. Hello, Lizanne, and thanks for coming on. Hi, thanks for having me. So, uh, yeah, you guys just got back from Rio. How are you feeling? A little bit tired, that's for sure. Uh, we flew through the night, uh, but ha- really happy to be home. Just before we get into the basketball, did you get to watch any uh, other events while you were there? Uh, I did. I watched a lot of them on TV and in the Canada House, um, but the only other events I went to live were men's basketball. Fair enough. Who did you uh, get to see play? I got to see the U.S. men play, and I saw the Australian men play. They both did pretty well. Yeah, they did. Uh, yeah, Australia, kind of, I thought they were going to make the final, but uh, they had a really bad semi. But no, both teams did play really well. All right, so now on to the uh, your guys' events. It actually looked like a little bit before the Olympic Games that you might not be able to make it. You had an injury in December. How did it feel to, once you were able to get on the court? Uh, yeah, huge relief for sure, uh, because I did come back quite quickly from uh, my torn ACL. Um, but I had been playing for uh, about six weeks prior to the Olympics, so I did know I was going to go like about a month and a half before. But no, getting there was just a huge relief because it was a really hard year going through that rehab. When you uh, did get injured, how soon afterwards did you think uh, the Olympics could be in jeopardy? Uh, yeah, like in the same moment, minute. Um, I knew I had torn my ACL the second it happened. Uh, I had torn my other one six years ago, so I I knew I knew deep down that I'd done it. And literally on the ground as I fell, I counted the months and days till the Olympics. So I was thinking about it literally a few seconds after. Wow, that must have been scary. Uh, yeah, really scary. I mean, injuries are never great, but especially in the year leading up to an Olympics, I mean, that is like probably the worst uh, timing possible. Yeah, no kidding. And you were one of the uh, players who had already been to the Olympics from Team Canada. Did you give uh, any of the young players some advice going in? Yeah, we definitely did. Because um, we qualified for the London Olympics late. Uh, we only found out a month before that we were going. So everything happened so quickly, and we weren't prepared for a lot of things. So we learned a lot of lessons coming out of London, and that was something that we had a lot of um, 
meetings with our sports psychologists and our coaching staff with the players so that everyone would feel prepared going in. What were some of those lessons you learned from London? Um, that everything takes longer than you think it will. Uh, you know, travel to games, everything. I mean, even if the gym is like, in theory, a 10-minute drive, it probably will take you an hour to get there. And um, also, even if your family is there, it's going to be very hard to see them because it's just there's so much security around the games. And even though we play every second day, the days in between the games were actually more busy than game days. So you kind of thought, oh, yeah, I'm in London. I'm going to be like a tourist. I'm going to get to see everything. I'm going to go see all these events and my family every day. And it's kind of like that's not how it goes at all because basketball is such a long we go the whole game so it, it was more of that that was kind of a bit shocking okay and you mentioned you'd have to st- do stuff in between days what do you have to do then uh well here in rio we uh we would still have two practices a day like we'd kind of have a shooting practice and then more of in the morning and then more in the evening of like a tactical practice for the following day so just in that there was like travel to the gym travel back i guess four times and then going, you'd think, oh, just going to eat, but it takes about 15 minutes to walk to the dining hall and then probably about 40 minutes to figure out what you want to eat when you get there. So it's just everything. The days do kind of get filled up very quickly. And as you were uh, getting prepared for the Olympics, what were the kind of things and practices you were focusing on? Uh, well, we um, definitely are We look at... How? Because we have a bit of a different style of play. We do. We run an offense that's a little bit unorthodox compared to the rest of the world. So we would go over how other teams are going to guard certain parts of our offense, and then we'd also go over how we want to defend the other team's offense. Tell me about your offense. What makes it unorthodox? Uh, well, it's called the Princeton offense, and it's uh, because traditionally, well, not not traditionally. I mean, Canada, where we have smaller centers than the rest of the world. We just don't have these big, huge women um, that play, and that that's okay. But what the Princeton offense does is it makes it pulls your center further away from the rim because then that also pulls their defender away. And so then we can get a lot more cutting for our – because we're pretty big in the guard spot, but we're very small in the center spot. So what that does is it keeps our center and their defender away, and then our guards can get a lot more closer to the rim without having a big six foot seven center there to protect the rim ah okay and you guys uh won your first three games which actually set canadian history and no uh team had done that before how did that feel yeah that felt great i mean it, it was definitely our plan we knew we had to come in and win those first three for sure if we wanted to make the quarterfinal and not have a a bad seating so that was it was great to have a plan and then follow through with it um I guess I know that everyone is telling me that we made history. It's just we didn't achieve our goal, so it's kind of like it's hard to take solace in that right now, but I think maybe a little bit down the road we will. What was the goal going in? Yeah, I mean, we wanted to get to that semifinal game. We wanted to win our quarter and then be in the medal round, and then after that, who knows, like we could have been on the podium. And that was for that was everyone looking in on this like we needed to win that quarterfinal game, and that's the game we had circled. That's the one we knew we had to win the first three to take care of business, and if we could beat Spain, that'd be even better. But we knew, the quarterfinal is the game you have to win, and we really uh, we really failed in that. 
So you won those first three games, and then you played uh, Team USA, who I don't know if they've ever lost. They must have lost at some point, but it feels like they've uh, never lost. And you guys actually held them to the, I think, the uh, their lowest score out of any games. But still, it ended with a loss. Was that deflating after uh, three wins? Uh, it wasn't deflating because it's really hard. It's really hard. the way we looked at that game is that like this is not the game where you want to beat the Americans. If you're going to beat them, you want to beat them in like a medal round because you're only going to beat them once, and probably only team, only one team will get to beat them if it happens. So that game, we just wanted to be better than the last time we had played them. We played really badly a few weeks earlier when we played them before the Olympics. So we wanted to be better, and there's the whole goal of the tournament was to get better at things every game so that we could be peaking for the quarterfinal and the medal round. So that game wasn't like this huge, you know, demoralizing loss because kind of everyone loses to the Americans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And then uh, tell me about the quarterfinal game against France. What was the game plan going into that one? Yeah, it's unfortunate because we really didn't stick to our game plan. Um, we... We know that they're a team that's great inside and that we have two very good centers. And so we knew we had to protect the paint and really control the rebounds. And I think we really failed there. Uh, we're normally a great rebounding team. And I think in our game against Spain and our game against France, we really dropped the ball there. And that that's unfortunate. I mean, in the Olympics, you cannot make errors. If you want to win a medal, you have to have an almost perfect tournament. And uh, so I think we really didn't do a good job there. And then we... I would say that we more didn't play our style of play. You know, we're really known for moving the ball and being an unselfish offense and really finding our individual talents through moving the ball and running offense. And I don't think we did that. We may have panicked because it was a close game. I'm not sure. But then we had a lot of more individuals trying to take on, you know, one against five, and, and that never works at this level. Mm-hmm. And even if you didn't uh, execute to your game plan, it still came right down to the wire. But unfortunately, France was able to get the win. What was the locker room like after that game? Yeah, I mean, dead silent because that was a game that we threw away, and we are a better team than France. I mean, France knows like France knows that they came out. They just, they stole that win, and uh, we had beaten them. We've beaten them numerous times over the last two years, and so. It's it's really too bad that we did that. And I don't think anyone had any words because you came out of that game knowing that we blew it. And that's a really tough pill to swallow. How long was it before you guys were talking about it? Uh, as a team, or we, we have still have not talked about it. Um, but I think within the players that you're closer, I've had individual conversations with players and, you know, one of the assistant coaches and other people. I mean, it's... Uh, it, it, it's okay. I mean, I'm I'm an, I'm a very experienced player. I mean, you can't get so down that you know life is over. I mean, it it is a basketball game, and it's too bad that we didn't you know get to live out our dreams and stuff like that. But I think it's it it's just more when you are you know like when you really drop the ball, it's just so much harder to accept than if another team is just better than you that day. And so I think that's what people are. That's why we're having a bit of a harder time. You know, just jumping up and moving on. Yeah, that would definitely uh, make it sting a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and 
this is your your second Olympics. Moving from um, the a bit of a sad note to a bit more positive note, what uh, what does it mean to you to be able to represent your your country? It has been my absolute pleasure. I really, especially being from Quebec. Um, you know, I'm an Anglo from Quebec, so I'm a little bit of a minority, you could say. And I'm just so proud to have done it. It. I love playing for Canada. I absolutely live for this. It's the reason that. I go overseas and that we, I mean, that we all go overseas and play in all these random countries because we want to get better for Canada. And it's, I love, I love wearing the jersey. I love my teammates. It's just my absolute passion in life. And it means so much to me, all the people that have reached out and written and all the young girls who come to our games. It's just so cool because growing up, I mean, I didn't really have a lot of female role models in sports. I can only think of Mia Hamm in soccer. Otherwise, all my idols were were men. And so it's so cool that we're getting to play on this stage and the young girls are looking up to us. And, like, in these Olympics, it was such a girl power movement, you know, with, like, women's soccer, women's rugby, like the swimmers. There were so many great performances. So I just think it's so exciting for our country. And I'm so glad to be a part of that, you know, girl power movement. And then uh, you mentioned some of the other sports, but in basketball, it's really been a, a bit of a, an evolution for women's basketball over the past few years, and you've got to see it happen. What's that been like? It's, it's been amazing. You know, it, it really is. It's been a long time coming. I mean, the core, the older players on this team, we've been there for 10 years. And at the very beginning of that, Allison McNeil, I'll never forget, it was in our qualification for Beijing. We had lost. And she said, if you guys want Canada to ever be in the conversation, you need to go overseas. You guys need to become pros. You need to get older and make this team a bit older. And that's when our country is going to jump on board. And, I mean, we went on blind faith because it was a lot of growing pains. It was a lot of hardship in those first years. And now it's coming to fruition. And it's just so rewarding that I really was a part of that. And I feel instrumental in that. And so I'm, I'm just so it, it kind of proves, you know, that hard work really does pay off. And that's such a cliche, but I've really seen it. I mean, it took 10 years, but it's really happening now. And I'm just so proud to be a part of that and to see all the young girls that want to play basketball now and that are like excited about it and love sports. It's a, it's a really important thing right now because the amount of girls that are active is on the decline. So to have moments like this where young girls do get excited about sport and being active, it's something I'm like really, really proud to be a part of. Awesome. And over the past 10 years, do you have any uh, career highlights that you, you'd be able to point out? Yeah. Um, oh, well, definitely last summer in the Pan Ams uh, and the, and the qualification for Rio doing that in Canada were both so unbelievable, but also, you know, four years ago when we qualified for the London Olympics, we did it in a last chance tournament. We qualified in the last possible spot that was available and we did it on Canada day. And it was probably one of the happiest days of my life. And so for that, I'll always remember that. And I'll always remember the moments of last summer, just being able to share them with my friends and family and the sisters I have on Team Canada. Wow, that's two uh, pretty good Canadian moments, one on Canada Day and then the other one in Canada. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, tell me a bit about the, the Pan Am Games. I mean, that was uh, last year, but winning gold, that must have been pretty great. 
Yeah, it was. And like on a personal note, I mean, uh, last year was a very difficult one for my family. My father almost passed away, but he was able to make it through and he was able to make it to the Pan Ams. So just being able to do that and have my dad there and to do it in Canada with so, because we're so used to playing in gyms where there's no one, like there's no Canadians. So to be able to have done that last year with so much support was such an overwhelming feeling. It was so unbelievable. For sure, one of the highlights of my career because it just, I think as a country, our it was the same thing after the Vancouver Olympics. Like our national pride for our sport was just like exploded. And I think that the Pan Am Games did that last year for our summer sports. So it's just makes me so proud to be Canadian. Absolutely. And what was it like in those games to be able to look up and see your dad in the stands? Oh, it was such an emotional, it was so emotional. I mean, it really, um, with my dad last year and going through my injury this year, it's just made me appreciate the moment a lot more. You know, that's always the advice that my coaches or people, former players have given. They're like to try and just enjoy the moment and to be in the moment. And it's very hard to do when you're actually in the moment. But I think these last two years have really helped me to gain perspective that basketball is a game, but it's such a magical game and it brings so many people together. And it's, these moments that I get to share with my friends and family and teammates, that that's what really makes it worthwhile. Awesome. And uh, I guess you, you bring up a good point. What were the uh, fans like in Rio? Yeah, the Rio fans are amazing. They're, uh, they just love exciting sports. So, like, one minute they'll be cheering for you, then they're cheering for the other team. Then if you're <laughs> doing good, then they'll start booing the other team. Like, it's really cool. And they're kind of like... That, that's the thing you can really notice that on the court is like the booing or the cheering. Like you can tell when the crowd is with you. So that's what was really funny is that they're just pumped up about good sport. And then, but later when you see things on TV, I mean, they're always dancing. They're always just so happy. And everybody I met in Rio, like from fans, people in the crowd, volunteers, like everyone was just so happy to have people in Rio. And it was a really great experience. That must have been confusing to have them uh, cheering for you one second and then uh, booing you the next. Yeah, but like it, it was, it was just really funny. It just shows like how excited they were about the sport. So it's kind of, I mean, we're used to having the smallest crowd, so having people boo is not a big thing, or if there's not a lot of noise. But even our small Canadian contingency is always so loud, and they're right behind our bench usually, so we can usually hear them. So, but it was, uh, no, it was just really funny. I, I thought it was really, I, I mean, it just makes me smile. Absolutely. And what are you going to take away from uh, this Olympic experience? That I'm really leaving the Olympics that I have absolutely no regrets. Um, I don't think a lot of players or people can say that, but that's what I'm taking. I'm really proud of what I've done, how I fought back from injury. And, you know, I'm, I'm a vocal leader on that team. And I really spoke up all the time. And I'm very proud that I've done that because it's not always easy to do that, especially when things aren't going well. So, and I know that I really, you know, I've had an up and down career with playing time. The coaches sometimes play me a lot. They sometimes don't play me. And I've really know, felt that I've given my all, whether I was on the sideline supporting or on the floor. And so I'm leaving Rio really just proud of myself and 
I wish the result could have been different, but I really don't feel like I could have done more in in what I've done. I did the most with the hand that was dealt to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you have any plans for the fall? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm only home for about not even two weeks. I've signed another year to play pro back in my city in France, in Angers. So I signed that last year during my injury. And um, so I'm going back. I've got one more season pro. And so it's kind of going to decompress and spend a lot of time with my family this next little while and then head back overseas. Well, best of luck in France. And uh, once again, good job at the Olympics. Okay, yeah, thanks so much. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Okay, no problem. All right, bye. Bye. That was Lizanne Murphy from the Canadian women's basketball team just getting back from the 2016 Olympic Games in Rio. And that's all for this episode of Canada's Court. But don't worry, there is already another episode in the works where I'll take a more analytic view on Canada's performance at the 2016 Olympic Games. I'll talk to a man who was there watching all the action. And to make sure you don't miss it, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. But then again, judging by the fact that you're listening now, it's very likely that you've already subscribed. So in that case, tell your friends so they can hear it and they can subscribe. Look, I'm just I'm just full of good ideas. And also you can uh, leave a rating or uh, comment on the page. You can do that on iTunes by clicking review. And you can also send me a comment. Tell me what you thought of the show. You can reach me at Canada's Court Podcast at gmail.com or find me on Twitter at Candace Court. Anyway, that's all for now. Thank you for listening.